Wellington Links rely on partnerships and the amazing work of so many organizations and leaders to achieve our collective community goals. I hold dear the bonds of friendship. We are friends transforming communities through service. implement transformative programs that address the most critical needs of underserved communities. Welcome to LinkedIn Impact with the Arlington Links, a podcast which transforms our community by highlighting the issues, resources, and leaders that you need to know. And welcome to the next episode of LinkedIn Impacts with the Arlington Links. My name is Krista Jones, and I'm your host for our podcast produced by the Arlington, Virginia chapter of the Links Incorporated. Youth are facing a number of challenges today. Deaths from suicide among youth and young adults have been increasing over the last two decades in the United States. Despite negative headlines and growing concerns about social media's impact on youth, teens continue to use these platforms at high rates, with some describing their social media use as almost constant, according to a Pew Research Center survey of U.S. teens. In this episode, I speak with Kanak Aguirre from the Alexandria City Council to discuss the youth in Alexandria and how our community can get involved. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell us about some of the challenges that you see that Alexandria youth are facing and then also some of the services and programs that are available to Alexandria youth? Sure. First off, it's a pleasure to be here with you. So thank you for the invitation. But the youth are facing several different issues. And we know this because every couple of years we do the yearbus, the Youth Risk Behavior Survey. And, you know, one, I think one of the biggest glaring things was suicide and suicide ideation amongst our young girls and our LGBTQ youth. I think those were the two that kind of pop out right away. But of course, we continue issues with mental health, pressures of school, with performing, of just belonging and trying to find themselves in place. What I am proud of is that here in Alexandria, we do have a number of resources I will do the one caveat, which I am (laughs) kind of known for here in Alexandria, when I always say that we're very resource rich, and Mm -hmm. I mean it, and I'm proud of these programs and resources that we offer. The only issue is that we don't always do the best job of connecting our youth and families with these resources, because what good are resources if you don't know they exist, right? But I'm going to try and rattle some off. It's probably going to be a lot. Mm-hmm. That's great, though. <laughs> but, That's good. <laughs> yeah, because and you could go to our, our city webpage If you type in youth resources in the search bar, it'll pop up. You'll have an amazing page with a lot of different resources. But to start off, you know, we have official city commission, which is the Children, Youth and Families Collaborative Commission which specifically deals with issues around children, youth, and families. We have the Children, Youth, and Family Master Plan, and we've created a report card uh, that kind of is guiding us and saying, what are we doing well on? What do we need to improve on? And this Children, Youth, and Master Plan was really, really amazing. I got to give a quick shout out to our city staff, especially Chelsea Eckhart, basically brought this all together. And I mean, it was an unprecedented amount of outreach specifically to youth. 
hundreds and hundreds of kids participated. It was really, really great. Definitely recommend anyone to check out the report and the plan that came out of that. Again, like I said, the two things that jumped out were suicide ideation. So we do have a, a crisis and suicide prevention hotline and text line. On top of that, we also have a teen text line, which can just answer general questions about health, sex, relationships, emotions, right? I think that one's really, really cool because basically anything that you're going through or thinking about, you can ask a trusted professional in our city staff and they'll get back to you within 24 hours. We have our Substance Abuse Prevention, SAPCA Substance Abuse Prevention Coalition of Alexandria. They do a lot of amazing work around substance abuse, whether it's drinking, smoking, vaping. Of course, right now with the opioids, they're, they're part of our opioid task force and making sure that we're getting information out around that, making sure that Narcon's being distributed. We have ACAP, our Alexandria Campaign on Adolescent Pregnancy. Really, really great group. Supporting both of those groups is our Keep It 360 Club, which is completely student-run, youth-run. They will go do the work and, of course, are part of the boards for both of these organizations so that there's a youth voice. We have our Teen Wellness Center, which I am super, super proud of. It's a model that other uh, jurisdictions look to try and copy. So we have literally a health center within our high school um, where folks could get tested for pregnancy. They could get their needs for their women's needs taken care of. They could get condoms. They could get tested for different STIs. I mean, there's just any, they get physicals, right? Even for sports, right? It doesn't have to just be purely health things. It could be for sports as well. So there's a lot of different opportunities. The Team Wellness Center, and not everybody always knows about that one, which is a shame. And then we have a ton of nonprofits in the city that are helping to support our youth. And a lot of this that I'm talking about right now, admittedly, is focused more towards teens. And I'm doing that purposely because you opened up the early ed and the elementary stuff. We'll be talking about this for a whole hour. <laughs> but, but the last one I want to mention is just also creating spaces for, for teens. I think that's very, very important. I read an article a couple of years ago talking specifically around spaces for teenage girls and that most of the things that we create aren't centered around that. So then how do we figure that out? Because not all girls are going to be comfortable with a skate park or, or a basketball court. They want to have kind of their own space and somewhere that they can be seen and be safe, right? So that's something that I've kind of planted the seed as I've gone to different conferences nationally, because I'll go to these groups that do playgrounds and they're like, well, we don't really do stuff for teens. Or if they do do stuff for teens, they're like, well, we never really thought about that for girls. And I'm like, well, we'd love for you to, to think about that more. The seed's definitely planted with my staff here in Alexandria. And, you know, someone's going to make a lot of money if they figure out how to do this thing. So just pushing it out there more. So hopefully someone starts to, to think about this and figure it out. So that'll be another touch point that we can improve upon. You really brought up so many great points. You know, I'll start off with your latter point about girls and the work that I do professionally. And of course, through the links, that's something we're always trying to do is to figure out and make sure that girls have equal opportunities. But it's interesting because I was just having a conversation today. It was more about women's health research, but it was just mm -hmm. the idea that women aren't fully integrated into clinical trials and so many other things in our society. In 2023, I think that's really hard to believe, but I'm glad to hear that you all are focusing on that. Because when I think about the women, it's almost like the next phase of the women's movement, right? Like we fought to get rights and we have a lot of things on paper, but when it comes time to implement, this is where the rubber really meets the road. So thank you for bringing that up. But when you earlier, when you mentioned Alexandria is resource rich, but it sometimes struggles with connecting the resources to the people. 
Have you seen any particularly good examples of how either Alexandria is able to do that, even though you said it's still a challenge, or even have you seen in other areas, other localities, other places around the nation that are able to match the resources with those populations? I've seen it because I like going and traveling to national conferences because it's basically professional development for an elected official, right? To see best practices from other places, because sometimes we get so busy where we are that we forget that other people around us or in other places are doing great things too. And sure, there, there's some good examples, but I think a lot of them are easily replicated here in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And, and I've got to admit that I've actually been a big driver behind this for, for years now. Even before I got onto council, I was a huge advocate when I was on the Partnership for Healthier Alexandria for how we are changing the way that we communicate and engage with our residents here in Alexandria, making mm-hmm. sure that we're having short to the point messages because, you know, people have short attention spans, especially our youth. (laughs) How do we utilize infographics? Because infographics, quick, sharp, catch someone's attention, and they're also Mm -hmm. easily translatable, right? Because translation is a big deal. So really utilizing multilingual multimedia, meeting Mm -hmm. people where they are, pop-up. I love as a city when we're doing engagement at a bus stop at a grocery store, at the laundromat. This is extremely, extremely helpful to really engage folks that we're not always engaging with. And again, I don't, I can't recall, unfortunately, all the efforts of Chelsea Eckhart, but her engagement was amazing. And I know she partnered with a lot of our great nonprofits in the city who already have kind of those relationships with the community and with our youth. And, but what I've stressed to our city government, to our city staff, to our city manager, to my colleagues on the council is we might not, we, it's fine if we don't ever have the same relationship that these nonprofits have with the community and the youth, but that's not an excuse to not have a relationship. Mm-hmm. We have, we as a city government have to have a relationship. And so by implementing a lot of these new communication and engagement methods, in my opinion, I feel that we're starting to get to a place where the word will get out more. We're engaging more residents and we're engaging more of our hard to reach residents. Absolutely. So the Lynx has our, our STEAM program that we do with youth. Are there any similar, you mentioned a lot of great resources, but just curious if there are any that are specifically focused on enrichment or any of the programs that you mentioned that you might want to highlight that are focused on enrichment of students? Hey, I'm either going to get in a lot of trouble or people will be like, hey, that's a good point. <laughs> but I hate to admit, but I personally don't feel like we do have a lot of those opportunities. And when I saw that Links was doing the programming at Charles Houston, that's one of the reasons that I went. It mm-hmm. quickly drew my attention because outside of Core Kelly being a STEM school, outside of, I think we have, what is it, Health and Science Academy uh, Governor's School. And we just had also the eighth annual Buki STEM Halloween event that one of our residents puts together. Honestly, I, I can't really think of a lot. And we have, it's still growing, but having Virginia Tech here, of course, is is helping. But to the level that I would like to see something consistent and that is fully supported by the city, I, admittedly, I, I can't think of anything, to be honest. So it's, like I said, amazing that Links was there giving the programming and, and that's why I showed up. <laughs> right. Well, no, well, I, we do put a lot of energy into that program. Of course, that's something that links chapters across the nation are also implementing. So we're glad to hear that it's impactful and useful. And we really do hope that it's a model for other community organizations um, to also do similar programs. 
When you were talking about some of the resources, you did mention a few leadership opportunities for youth. Are there any others that you can think of or how have you particularly seen youth grow through some leadership opportunities that are offered? Yeah, I have several examples that I could think of that kind of make me smile and beam with pride. But I like to think that here in Alexandria that we greatly value youth input and youth voices. Mm. So we have positions on our boards and commissions that youth can apply to. Uh, The school board added student representatives. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's really awesome. A lot of our nonprofits, they will sometimes have a board position for youth or they'll have a youth council. For example, ACAP and SAPCA, they of course have youth positions. And there are also organizations that have examples of how youth have moved up within them. A really great example is Tenants and Workers United. It's a grassroots social justice nonprofit that started here in Alexandria about 40 years ago. And their current executive director before that was a youth member then a youth organizer, Mm. then the lead organizer, and is now the executive director. She has someone right behind her, another Mm. amazing woman who has basically gone through the same path. There are are some other examples like that in the city, maybe not so going so far back as being a youth member, but working their way up through the ranks. So it's Alexandria has a lot of opportunity that that is given to, to our youth. Trying to think of what other groups have opportunities. Our libraries have a teen advisory group. Our community foundation, Act for Alexandria, they're another one. They have their youth service network and their youth philanthropy council, and they propose some really good ideas or bring up some issues that we should be addressing mm-hmm. <laughs> as a community that we need to pay a little bit more attention to. But yeah, there's definitely different things. Oh, how can I forget? Youth summer, the youth summer employment program. Bell Pepper had been a huge champion of that. So getting a lot of hands-on firsthand experience. So that's also another great program that we run here in the city where youth can get involved and move up in. That's amazing. It's good to hear about all those opportunities. And thank you for sharing that example of the the person that kind of grew up from youth leadership. That's excellent. And so before you did, we were talking about women and girls, but There are always a lot of groups that are not getting the attention that they need within some of these programs. Are there any other disparities that you see and anything you can share about what's being done for those particular populations? Yeah, no, there definitely is. I think there's kind of three that come to mind quickly. The first one is resources for our LGBTQ youth. Again, we do have resources, the youth resources page on the city website covers a lot of that, but we definitely need a buffer and improve some of the supports there. Graduation rates for black and brown boys, very big deal because ACPS will argue that we have higher graduation rates, but I would argue they're graduating, but how are they graduating? What diploma do they have? Because at our high school, there's multiple diplomas that you could get, advanced diploma, superior diploma, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, are, are they graduating just at the cusp, right? Are they graduating actually with the skills that they need to be able to be successful? And, and the third and, and last one that I'll mention is uh, truancy specifically in Latino males. I was driving down Braddock Road one day and I turned and there were two young Latino males. They had just come from like the 7-Eleven or the gas station. They were joking. They had their backpacks, but I could tell they weren't going to class. <laughs> and, you know, for me, also being a Latino male and being close to this, having worked in Alexander City Public Schools for several years, it's frustrating because 
I think there are some easy fixes that could be done and implemented that we just haven't done. But I think I should probably leave that one there. Okay. Okay. No, those are some really important disparities. And I think, you know, like you said, there's room for improvement. And I think, again, you know, leading into my last question, those might be good opportunities for nonprofit groups to also work with. But do you have any recommendations? I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast are involved in community organizations and really want to make a difference. Do you have any recommendations for community members? specifically in ways they can support youth programs in Alexandria or youth, the youth of Alexandria? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, we have a lot of resources. We have a lot of nonprofits. And guess what? They're always looking for volunteers. <laughs> so volunteering is the very easiest one. Almost all of our nonprofits that deal with youth are looking for volunteers. The school system is looking for volunteers. We also have the amazing Alexandria Mentoring Partnership. Mentor one child, change two lives. That's kind of their motto. It's only one hour a week, but has amazing, amazing difference. If you're a business and you want to join up with our summer youth employment program, that would be really great because we're always looking for different businesses to to host and, and give opportunities to our youth. And also, you know, if you know youth, encourage them to get involved with other items too, right? Because mm-hmm. I know people are super busy. Everyone's really busy. Say you don't have time to volunteer, say you don't have time to be a mentor, but have a quick conversation with a youth that you know. Be like, hey, did you know all these opportunities are there in the city? Hey, did you know that you can go speak at a council meeting? You could participate in a small area plan that the city's doing? Because I don't think youth always realize this, but at least for the current council, it makes a big difference if we hear someone, you know, 18 and younger that takes the time to come to council and speak, or that takes the time to go to a planning meeting, right? We're still in the process of doing our West Alexandria uh, planning. We're still in the process of doing some of the Duke Street in Motion stuff. And when we have some of the youth show up and give their feelings about it, it makes a big difference. So just the encouragement to, if you don't have the time to spare to volunteer or to be a mentor, just having those conversations make a big difference. Excellent advice. Thank you so much, Kenneth, for joining us today and for your leadership on this issue and on the city council. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. We had a great time. Happy to be back any other time. You guys have a great one. Thank you for listening to our conversation with Kanik Aguirre on the Alexandria City Council. For more information on the Arlington, Virginia chapter, please visit our website at arlingtonlinksinc.org and follow us on social media at Arlington Links. Arlington Links.